And we're back at it one more again for the most dangerous two hours in radio on the wake up with your host this evening, your brother Cam Kazi the Cutlass. Shout out to my brother John the Masonic Marine from podcast. Shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing this all together. Shout out to the radio family and shout out to you, the listener, the On the Wake Up Radio Army. Check us out at onthewakeupradio.com. Onthewakeupradio.com where we have the 24 hour 24 hour radio. That's over three years, three, four years of content right now. And um, if you want to check out the archives, you can go to the SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If you check in on any of those different outlets, please hit that like button and hit that share button. Share this content with someone who you feel is on the wake up and ready to hear it. And as my good friend told me, share it with some people who may not be ready to hear it, but who need to hear it, because that's what time it is. Folks, we are in for an interesting conversation tonight. Also, you should check out OTW2.com. What is the answer to the social media censorship? OTW2.com. That is run and operated by On The Wake Up Radio. We have not been compromised. We do not have fact checkers. You can write your full caption on your post or video. It will not be censored or deleted or anything like that. Folks, free speech is still alive. OTW2.com. So also check us out there. See evening, part two. As we like to say on this program, when the elders speak, we shut the front door and listen quiet. So bringing back again, the elder O.C. Burton II, Brother O.C. Burton, welcome back to On The Wake Up Radio. Thanks for having me, Brother Cam. It's uh. It's good to be able to get out and talk uncensored. Yes. Yes, it is. Because, you know, on the YouTube and Instagram and some of those other platforms, Facebook, you notice that people have to, um, like you said, they have to censor themselves. They have to, oh, I can't say this word or I can't say that word. Uh, They call it the V word or whatever they want to call it. But no, here we don't have to do any of that. We say it exactly how it is and let it go from there. Yeah, it, you know, I've got into it with Facebook because I always tell them that is this the group of people who have maimed, killed, hung, introduced drugs, used guns for (laughs) non-aggressive behavior, just killed people, tainted the water, and now you want to discuss community standards. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's the hypocrisy of it all. Like like they, they don't even want people having conversations about stuff they don't like. And that that's where we're at right now in 2021. And folks need to realize how far we've actually come backwards. I should say how far we've gone backwards. We've gone far in the wrong direction. And anyone who was paying attention, especially during after 9-11, because you remember when the Patriot Act and all that came in. And ironically, when I was learning 
when we were seeing the uh, the Patriot Act be unveiled, I was also learning about CoinTelPro. That was my first year in college, so and I was a history major in college. So I was learning okay. about CoinTelPro because I wanted to understand how did we get to the situation that we're in right now. This was back in 2001. So I was learning about CoinTelPro. I was learning about what the FBI did, CIA. You know, I had heard murmurs about how the CIA brought drugs and, you know, how the government put brought drugs to our communities, all this stuff. So as that was, un- as I was learning about that, I was hearing about the Patriot Act and I said, oh boy, <laughs> we're, in, we're about to be in for a rough ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, years later, ago, Years ago, uh, Representative Maxine Waters uh, was the first uh, person, congressperson, elected official, to move a CIA director out of Washington and meet with the people, brought him to L.A., made him come Mm. and answer questions. And they had to rope off the whole area of L.A. where he was. But it was very interesting to observe that. Because, you know, people that are really, really concerned about what other people say, it's because they've done things and they understand that it can be done to them. So, you know, it becomes double-mindedness and a lot of chicanery. And that's what we're dealing with. And... It's about time to get out from under this. We don't need this type of leadership because it's not the proper moral leadership that our ancestors were involved with. Right. Right. And and it's like leadership by default because, you know, we didn't, I think if all of our melanated people, especially in this country, came together and said, what type of leader do we want to represent us? Who do we want to actually lead us? I don't think it would look anything like who we have over us. So are they leaders or are they rulers? Or maybe right. another word for them. Yeah, or, or dictators. Dictators, there you go. Because they dictate to us, right? They tell us what they're going to do. They tell us what we're supposed to do. Yeah despite these rights that we're supposed to have, right? Right. Which which were given by the creator. You know, when you really look at sovereignty, you're born sovereign. But they right. slipped the paperwork in. You know, a lot of people don't understand that birth certificates are traded on the stock exchange. Right. You know, so you're simply money to them, not a human being. Right. And I know that's um I I know that's a lot for people to wrap their minds around. Like it's really simple, but to actually think like, no, that's that's what you're worth. Like what we actually have a value. And even if you look at which kinda, you know, I'm still learning about, but you look at a country like like China, they own so much of our debt, like what's the collateral for that debt? But the people there you go. <laughs> it, can't yeah. be, it can't be. We are the only thing of value in this country. <laughs> That's right. And, and some are some are more valuable dead than alive. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's us in the real estate, Matt. And you see what China's doing with the real estate. They're just scooping it up. Yeah, left and right every day. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
and it's and it's it's interesting what you're saying too. Um, some of us are worth more dead than alive. I mean, in so many ways, besides intellectual property, you know, different artists, but then also you have our organs and body parts. I mean, yeah, some, something that we've talked about in depth <clears throat> on the show is the um the organ trade. And not just the organ trade, but also the body trade and body body brokers, people That's who right. are brokers for body parts. And we, you know, we we had one episode where we went through a list of what different body parts, you know, are worth. I mean, eyeballs, skin, nails, right. you know, finger and toenails, the bones, the the bone in your thumb, <laughs> everything. <laughs> it's, it's not just the organs, you know. Our melanin has melanin, a yeah. Body. Melanin. melanin is the most expensive substance on the planet. Last time I looked, it was somewhere between three fifty and and when I say three fifty, I mean three hundred and fifty dollars to four hundred and fifty dollars, not per ounce, but per gram. Wow! Wow! That's a lot of money, <laughs> and we're full of it. Full of it. It's, it's not just in the skin, it's in the nervous system, it's in the brain, it's in the ear, yeah. it's in the eyes, the hair. You know, they're talking about, I mean, I've come across articles, uh, one of the articles said, melanin, a bio-friendly semiconductor or superconductor, I can't remember mm-hmm. which one, I think mm-hmm. bio-friendly semiconductor. That means yep. it makes conductors... You know, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a physicist, but I understand a little bit like uh, heat and electricity and resistance. And it, it, it allows electricity to pass smoother without that resistance. So yep. less energy is needed in order for that energy to pass, pass through right. whatever medium. And that's what melanin does. So if it's doing that for semiconductors, imagine what it's doing in our bodies for our nervous systems. There you go. Yeah. And then imagine the value that these people are putting on. Yeah. It's a needed commodity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to relate this story to you. A sister told me um, a few years ago uh, she was telling me a situation. I don't want to give too many details, but uh, one of her family members ended up in a situation, he ended up getting shot or stabbed or something like that. An ambulance came and brought him to the hospital. And when his friends went over to find him, they said, oh, no, we don't know. He's not here. So they looked all, you know, they looked at the different hospitals for him, no, no record of him. Then his brother, which is her other uncle, went over to the hospital, and he went room to room all through it. He made them take him through. This was back in like the 80s, I think, uh-huh. and 80s and 90s. And they went down to the morgue and they found this young lady's uncle in the morgue with uh, <laughs> with plastic over his body. He was alive with plastic over his body, but life support and untreated wounds. Wow. Yes. And, you know, and. The reason I don't give too many details is because the sister asked me not to. She said it's not really her story to tell. And I wish I could get her to come on here and tell us or get uh-huh. her family. But this is to say that this, and I went down a deep, dark rabbit hole on this one, you know, and I learned about <clears throat> 
organ procurement organizations, organ transplant organizations, and organ, organ procurement organizations. You may have a few in any given city or any given area, really, like in any given state. But then there will be several organ transplant um, organizations that are connected to that. one, And they, you know, hospitals work with them. And you know, mm-hmm. pe- people can do the math from there. You know, right. when they talk about these hospitals and specifically closer to our neighborhoods where people go in for something minor and don't come out. Yeah, can do the math what they're doing over there. I had a accountant like that a few years back, and uh, I told her, I said, you know, I would just go to a clinic and see if they can lance it. It was just a little knot on her ankle, you know. But she wanted to go. I won't tell what hospital it was here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. She went in, and you know, she got out. So I was happy about that. And then she went back in, but didn't tell me. Called me from the hospital. I'm not a hospital person, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was city uh, hospital bookkeeper back home, and I worked in the co-op program in my uh, 10th, 11th, and early 12th grade years. So I got used to uh, that environment and the smell and you know, emergency, I saw some neighbors come in and be, uh, you know, not make it out of the emergency room, you know, heart mm-hmm. attack. You know, so it kind of helped me deal with the transition, you know, then I said death, but growing and developing uh, spiritually and humanly, I now understand it's a transition of energy. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, you know, uh, it was a good situation. I had a cousin that was the administrator, and my mother was a union steward. So I had, you know, somewhat protection, but I didn't use it improperly, you know. Right. And um, I just grew to not like hospitals in my adult life. Hmm. And so finally she kept calling for me, calling for me, and calling for me. And I met a brother and a sister from the Yahweh community that had befriended, you know, we befriended each other. And so they went first. And uh, this sister was a nurse. And she came back by my office. She said, oh, she was this person. Uh, Was she real dark-skinned? I'm like, no, she was brown-skinned, you know. She said, "Uh, not anymore. I got concerned, and so they came by and got me, and I went the next time. Brother, I walked in the room and walked up on her. I did not recognize her. Hmm. Did not recognize her. And, you know, she was talking wildly, you know, but spiritually told her something, and you know, she said she was at peace. And I looked at her and I was like, she don't have much longer. And now this was the ankle. Hmm. And two weeks later, she transitioned. Oh, wow. So, you know, these places are not good for us. You know, it's not a time of silence. 
And it's not a time of being fearful because our children's lives are at stake. It's time for us to begin to collectively unite the like minds who are truly conscious and understand and begin to get that renaissance together and repatriate ourselves with our culture because this is not our culture. And it's been long enough and it's time to begin the process uh, in this system to move forward. Right. And, you know, that, that brings us into the conversation tonight and some of what you wanted to discuss because it's, it's each, you said, you said each human being must organize self and family first before entering the collective body of people to assist in rebuilding the village. And how was this accomplished? Right. So, so where do you want to start this conversation? Well, we have to go back to the individual. <clears throat> we really haven't made it to the group dynamic. Enough of us don't stand in that place or on that square to begin to move. So this uh, last year on is an actual spiritual awakening. And we should be diligent in learning what we need to unlearn and begin that process. And it's just a matter of looking in your life and looking to the things that have not worked out well and studying them. It could be relationships. It could be your teaching and training. It could be um, gaining knowledge, uh, understanding. It could be religion because we weren't called to religion. It's spirituality. We're embodied spirits. And undertake the new learning process. You know, we're in a different age now. Information is readily available for those who are seeking. There are those that aren't. And that's mm. fine. Each soul, you know, has to find its own way. And um, that's what Earth is about. It's a classroom. Learn of it. So I, you know, just to, just to talk about what I did when I began to see that things were not working out and I looked to what I was being taught in church and I had to seek out some true understanding because things just didn't match with me. And so I began to really study the words, speak belief, faith, hope, and see how they were interjected into the society. Why did I have to believe certain things? Why I just couldn't understand it? Why isn't it just made simple where I could understand it? Why did it have to be these words that really don't have substance in them? Hope. What do you mean? Hope. What do you mean when you say just have faith, brother? You know? <laughs> just believe, brother. Sister Johnson, just believe. 
And the word says, Eli, mm. anything that you have to believe, it could be a lie. These mm. things are not there by accident. We know this language is a bastard language. We know the things that have been done to us. So we arrive at re-educating self. There are many books, J.A. Rogers, Dr. Naeem Akbar, Dewan Zakunjufu. Just Google miseducation of black people, miseducation of the Negro. Earl Conrad has done uh, the invention of the Negro. All these things tell you something's wrong. And it's not that you have to be told. Everybody knows something is wrong. They may not know exactly what it is. So we were given in the true original time self, family, and community. And, you know, uh, a lot of people, well, you know, I'm working on the family. Okay, that's number two. And I'm not knocking you because we need that. Right. We need to work on better selves because self and self gender opposites bring forth a family. Mm. If you take the individual and mess their minds up, you offset the family mm. and you prevent a community come together in unity from happening we use a word that we don't have community mm. under capitalism it means that you have a hospital a bank a supermarket and a school that you control, not that is controlled by outsiders and you're fed the food that you eat, what you think about history, what you're taught about his story. What about our story? Mm-hmm. And here again, these words were not created by accident. We must understand that ignorance prevails. And in order to keep somebody down and put their foot on the other person's neck, then the other person must be superior or greater. Because why would you have a concern? If the person was non-human, dumb, and lazy, why would you spend so much time and money trying to put them in a specific place. These things didn't make sense to me. And as, as I began to research um, into my adult life, I ran into Dr. Richard Williams. They stole it, but you must return it. And uh, he just did Brother Uremus show, special presentation. And people said they enjoyed it because he breaks it down. That man changed my whole life. Because as good as the school system was in Highland Park, Michigan, 
I came away not knowing slavery. Hmm. And I had certain Chancellor Williams came to our community college, wow. you know, and uh, this was back in the 70s. Hmm. But, you know, you have to become mature, you know, in your mindset. You know, we, we own a program in my communications company called Black Man's Opinion. And it came from uh, WAGG in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, in which the millionaire A.G. Gaston owned before his transition. And uh, I can't call the moderator's name, but when I was down there visiting relatives, I met him through Operation Human Rights, and I worked with that organization to develop it there in Birmingham back in the 80s. And, um, you know, he would have me on the show, and, you know, I was, I was learning, so I was doing more listening than talking. And, um, you know, once I got into radio and communications, uh, I tried to reach his relatives because I didn't know if he had uh, the show under intellectual property. So I reached his grandson, who's a comedian, and he said, no, nah, man, go on, you know, use it, you know, keep it alive. And uh, his name will come to me. And, uh, you know, we ran it for... Uh, couple of years, few years, and uh, we're looking at bringing it back out. But I brought it up because that, the intent of that show was to give uh, our men a chance to talk, share their opinions, and share their knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And, you know, I opened the show with um, Dr. Richard Williams explaining the breakdown of slavery and what was actually done to us. So we have to unlearn a lot of things before we take in the new knowledge because our minds are just like computers. When you fill up a lot of RAM, the random, ac uh, the random access memory of your brain you got to remove some things in order to add more. Right. And um, that's where we're at. And we need to look at self-awareness, uh, self-development, and we want to end up with self-actualization. It's a bunch of selves out there, and you got to pay attention, you know, to all of them. You know... I'm glad you're saying that because especially coming into this this 2020 and beyond, I kind of look at this period that we're in right now as 2020 and beyond. Mm -hmm. And coming into this this period of history and our story, <clears throat> it, it kind of dawned on me, just like you said, that we are in an individual struggle that is also a collective struggle. But just like you said, we can't work on the community and not work on ourselves right now. So even you saying that is a big confirmation for me because that's what I've been t telling people. And on this show, we've been saying it a lot. 
that mm-hmm. yes, you have mm-hmm. to work on yourself and <clears throat> whatever that means for every individual because at some point and I feel like at some point things are going to start to click for people who are working on themselves just like you said you know most most definitely you're doing that work you're you're coming more into alignment with your purpose and then you're going to come into alignment with other people who are on that same type of journey this is this terrain that we're in right now is a trip because you know it's almost like that 2012 stuff happened and the only ones who are aware of it are those who are aware of it yeah it's like oh you know not nothing happened 2012 like uh, i wouldn't say nothing happened (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah maybe the world didn't end but even if you look at 2020 yeah the world did end (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, as we knew it, as we knew it, we yeah. are not living in the same world that we were. Whatever was before is gone; it will never be back. We, if the the most recent example I think we have of that is nine eleven, where if you had nine eleven, Big Brother, I woke up a, a, like a little before nine eleven, just a little before nine eleven. Mm-hmm. And like months or maybe a year and change before it. And I knew something, something was burning in my soul that was forcing me to wake up. And then when 9-11 happened, I was completely awake. And just like I'm seeing now, I knew on that day, when I, I saw the first image of those towers on the ground, I said, my God, this world will never be the same again. Then they started coming in with the Patriot Act and Homeland Security. There's a lot of people who don't know that. Homeland Security hasn't always been with us. You know, like that came after 9-11. And even that type of thing. I remember because I I live in New York, but I was going to school in Virginia at the time. I remember my first time in New York. Now, by the time I got back to New York, it was probably 2002. Came back here or maybe in late 2001 you know, for Christmas break or something like that. Uh I remember, like, I mean, just the vibe, the vibration in New York was terrifying. And, you know, you hear a fire truck and you say, oh, my gosh, is this it? Is this the next thing? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Everything was high alert. People were a little nicer, you know. People were a little Uh nicer to each other at that time. But you knew that something that the world would never be the same, that that old world that we knew in 2000 and beyond no longer yeah. existed and I and yeah. we see that same semblance today you know that old world is gone doesn't matter how many people get the shot it's not coming back yeah. <laughs> it, it, it looks like it but you know the universe is in control mm-hmm. the universe is in control and you know there are some steps we can take to regain our culture Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I often tell people, you know, as the story goes, uh, Yahshua Ben Joseph, you know, that's what I know yes. uh, him as, was on the cross or the state per se, because it was mm-hmm. not a cross, it was actually an X. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point in time, uh, a method of slow death was to break the ankles and hang them on the axis, and mm. you will suffocate to death. And um, him reportedly being in that situation, well, you have to understand we're in a system of duality, 
there were some joyous occasions going on at the same time. Hmm. So when you see horror on one level or in one segment of society, you just have to look for the joy on the other side Mm. because it's there and we're going through that now. Um, We have this variant that they're calling a virus. I don't talk about it much Mm. because I have had uh, doctors in my family and they told me certain things and, you know, I've been uh, in government at a very young age, 19, 20, well, actually 20, 21, 22, 23, 19, I ran an election. So, you know, I have a jump on my generation in uh, being around Congress people and senators. And, you know, they saw something in me and they told me what to watch out for. So we have this situation going on, uh, you know, that is reportedly killing people. And um, at the same time, I know we're entering a new age and there's a spiritual awakening on the planet. You know, just like when you see a bad economy, per se. Well, if you're on the stock market, you can make a lot of money during those times. Right. There's always effectiveness and ineffectiveness in the universe, which we sit. So people have to understand that. And once you gain that understanding, you know, you can take your frequency to another level and vibe on that level and get it done. Hmm. You know, this last year, for me, I, I can't lie. This has been one of my best years, <laughs> and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know what to tell people. Like this has been one of my better years, despite what's been going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're probably on a different frequency. I think so, and and I don't feel bad for it either. No, you shouldn't. That's your passing journey. Right. And I feel like anyone who is in that type of mindset shouldn't feel bad. Like, because I've, you know, I've had this conversation and, you know, kind of came to the conclusion, like, why should I be miserable? You know, because one, I've been doing the work. I've been doing the, the, the work on myself and not to say I'm not done doing the work, but right. I've been doing the work and lots of us have been doing the work. And right. So why should we let what's going on outside of us affect the work that we're doing on the inside? Because we Mm -hmm. want to come to that place of joy, that place of bliss, that place of overstanding. And that, you know, have that commitment to ourselves, because when you put that type, a certain type of environment, excuse me, that vibration out there, it does something to your whole being. You know, your cells vibrate on a different frequency. Each right. cell, if, you, if you're telling your cells that you love them, every cell of your body, that you love it, mm-hmm. then you're going to resonate on that frequency. So why now should you be affected? Isn't that what the what all the masters tell us, not to be impacted by what's going on outside? 
You know, you, right. have to, you have to be tranquil in the storm. You have to be tranquil in the face of adversity. You know, yeah. like here it is. Adversity is knocking on everybody's door right now. That's right. And 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 uh, and I challenge everybody to kind of embrace that higher vibration because it goes back to what we're saying. Like you're gonna find your tribe. You're gonna find your spiritual tribe in all of this. You're going to find people who are vibrating. I feel like whatever frequency people are vibrating on, they are going to find those people who are also on that frequency. If they're vibrating low, then they're going to find people who are in the gutter. They're going to find people who are in, in, spiritually in the gutter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, also <clears throat> you brought to my mind that uh, another thing I wanted to mention, we must Remember that trauma, mm. you know, a lot of people have been traumatized, physical abuse, verbal abuse, rape, molestation, um, to society's trauma, uh, the, tra- the trauma in the workplace, uh, the trauma being in church, you know, there's some Demons sitting in them pews, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to release yourself from that trauma, and that can be accomplished by internalizing it, sometimes reliving it, going face to face with it, and understanding that it wasn't your fault that this happened. You know, people were trying to take power over your physical being and your mind and they don't teach that anymore that's reality therapy i'm a former swt social worker tech and Mm -hmm. mental health technician so i know about the basic fundamentals of healing Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of hurt people trying to do projects and it just doesn't fit you have to go back and Get that trauma out of your system. And the best way to do it is to relive it again. Go Mm. through the pain. Go through it. Grow through the pain and understand that you didn't cause this. Yeah, you were in the situation, and ultimately any situation that we find ourselves in, we made the decision to be there in it. But it doesn't mean it's your fault. Mm. And you have to remove it. You have to grow beyond it. You know, I was just born with the um, abilities within my capabilities to open up the suitcase and throw it in there and just lock it back. Mm. And then I learned how to internalize it and, you know, Forgive myself in some situations. You know, those higher essentials of life, you know, they're very difficult. Tolerance and um, forgiveness, uh, harmony, you know, those are the last uh, bastillion of human and spiritual growth and development, you know. I actually have to tolerate something. It's it's difficult. And it's not that you have to tolerate 
you must know how to be tolerant. Hmm. There's a difference. And it might move you to get it away from you. Because you really don't have to tolerate foolishness. You can just remove yourself from it and you'll be a better person. So it's a lot, you know, and, you know, Dr. Akbar has a book that's very good in this, the community of self. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be marketing it. I finally put the order in. It was very helpful for me. You know, they say everything's not for everybody, but if you want to learn about self, and the community of self. This is not the community in capitalism. This is the collective body, ego, which is the bully in the mind. Will, desire, and I got to get a book to remember. I think it's nine, but those three stand out on me because it was was remarkable because I didn't know um, what was going on in my life you know, why I would go forward 10 steps and then go back seven. Mm. You know, it was the war that was going on in my mind with the ego trying to run everything. And will and desire are prominent. You know, um, maybe if we do a part three, I'll have the book. Um, Dr. Akbar is retired. I am discussing, you know, with him about coming back out to do, you know, some special presentations because he's a very knowledgeable man about these things and we need to learn them. And it's an excellent book. I'm not pushing the book because, uh, money can be made. I mean, he's brought the price down to, you know, like six ninety five, I think. So you're not talking about a lot of money. Right. I'm pushing the book because of the information in it. It's very vital in us collecting ourselves because we're uncollected now. We don't have control of ourselves, our children, our neighborhoods, and we have to begin this walk before we are not able to walk at all. Mm. You said so much in that, big brother. Um, Dr. Akbar, for one thing, Naeem Akbar, he's Dr. Akbar, right? Right. Psychologist, yes. Um, Uh Let me tell you, when I was, I went to school in Hampton University. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I was there 2001 or 2005, graduated. And... I, somebody, you know, there's just the type to give you an example of the type of people that I had around me. Uh, excuse me one second. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the type of people that I had around me, somebody said, hey, Cam, you need to come check this out. You need to come hear this brother speak. I had no idea who he was. Somehow ended up at Old Dominion University to hear this brother give this talk. And it was Dr. Naeem Akbar. Blew my mind. Big brother, I cannot tell you one thing that he said, but the impact that it had on my life and on my brain, my brain, Mm -hmm. my mind, the way that my mind works. It confirmed a lot of things. And then he just, it was like, I just, I remember the sensation of 
being there in front of him and feeling my mind unlocking as he's speaking to us. You know, he's speaking uh-huh. to my spirit. And then right. <clears throat> I didn't get a book at the time, but he had, I don't know if it was an audio book. I don't know what it, it might have been an audio book. But it was mm-hmm. him speaking over hip hop beats, and I got that, and I used to listen to that. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Right, and that was my first and only real experience with Dr. Naeem Akbar, and then I started seeing his books around and all this. This was around 2001, maybe 2002, but it was probably 2001. And so, and, and so that's just like, <clears throat> just like you say, you're not trying to sell his books, but. This is somebody who I feel like his book should be in every melanated household. That's right. As the foundation, you know, for, for parents that are raising children, this, this should be. And I'm so glad you're bringing it up because I can't believe even to this day, I still haven't bought any of his books, knowing okay. how powerful his content is. Right. You know, because I feel like I got it. Like, OK, like. I feel like whatever he was sprinkling on me, like I got the message, you know, but now yep. it's for. It's for, I need to look back at it now, 20 years later, and really right. see. Because you know you know what I'm saying. Like, you get, at 20 years old, you're going to absorb things a certain way. Uh-huh. At, almost, at almost 40 years old, it's going to be observed a whole different way. 60 years old, 70, it's a whole different experience. You could be right. the same thing. You're going to experience it differently. So I just want to co-sign what you're saying, Dr. Naeem Akbar. Yes, I, and you're saying he's retired. Like... These comments. One, another thing I'm learning from this whole 2020 thing is we really need to. Um, sorry, they're doing all kind of stuff outside. We really need to embrace these conversations with our elders now. You know, mm-hmm. our, our elders are here. You all are speaking to us. You all want to impart this knowledge and this wisdom onto us, and we need to listen. Right. And we need to ask questions. I can't yep. tell you how many elders who, you know, tried to teach me stuff when I was younger. And, you know, I, I, I asked or, you know, I engaged in the best way that I could, you know, especially mm-hmm. as a teenager. But then as a 25-year-old, like, oh, man, I wish this elder was still here so I could ask these questions. Right, I have so right, many questions right. now. <laughs> you know? So, and in the last year, so many elders have gone. I mean, Dr. Africa, Dr. Laila Africa. Laila Africa, yeah, he's another one. The ancestors now, you know, um, Credo Mutua, Zulu Shaman, Credo Mutua. With the uh-huh. ancestors now, when I was coming into my knowledge of self, those two individuals were instrumental, like I, Dr. Africa, the, the two books that got me kind of, that really put me onto the path, my healing path, were uh-huh. um, Dr. Africa's book, the, um, I, I can't remember what his first book was now, The Little Green Book, and then Queen of Fuwa's Little Green Book, Heal Thyself. Okay. Heal Thyself, yeah. Right, and, and then Dr. Africa, I can't remember his book now, but those two books were like, my bread and butter for understand like okay no we do have healers in this realm we do have excuse me melanated healers who are speaking to us and who want right. us to improve our lives and our health uh-huh. you know and so now to see dr africa gone it's like okay no it, it's serious right now you know like yeah and and, and that was a wake-up call for me because 
I've always just, uh, you know, I'm very outgoing, you know. So my dad taught me, uh, do not be afraid to call a person and talk to them. So as I was growing up, I would get a number and uh, call. And, you know, they're like, you know, nobody's ever called me, you know, so you must be special. So, you know, and I don't mean special ed. And I would just latch on to him. And Dr. Akbar was number two. Uh, I bought all of his videos for my video store and made them for rent for groups up in uh, New York, upstate New York. I had uh, two, two VHS video uh, tapes. And, um, you know, when the wrote a check, you know, I'm gonna be honest and tell the story. Wrote a check and when the check hit the bank, I was five dollars short in the account. Mm. They sent it back. Mm. It was like four uh four ninety-five for all of his videos. And I had like four ninety in the account, some kind of way. Wow. And I was like I get the, the thing from the bank. And so I go down there. I'm like, I had the money in there. Well, you know, something else came in. Da, 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 da. You know, so at that time, I couldn't pull it out because when I overwrote, you know, a few dollars, that stuff started to hit. Mm-hmm. So I called Dr. Akbar and explained to him what happened. He told me, don't worry about it. <laughs> a week later, I guess the money together, don't worry about it. Two weeks later, I get a letter. It gave me permission to utilize any of his work in an educational community process mm. for the rest of my life. Wow. And I was floored. You know, and so I immediately started pushing his stuff. You know, he's got way more than the 495, you know, throughout the years. Because I was like 38. So you got to him at an earlier age. Mm. You know, and he's just been uh, very supportive. When I put together the National African American Network, I sent him a copy, you know, bounded typed real nice in the red, black, and green. And he was like, well, this is the network. Now you got to explain it to everybody, you know. And somewhat Kid Shop took, you know, some of that information. And um, it's just been a wonderful time with Dr. Akbar and, you know, assisting him. And when he retired, I talked to him. And, and I ran into a couple of people that I worked with in upstate New York that knew his wife. And that just, he was like, man, you keep running into history in my life. You know, you gotta be somebody special, you know? And then, uh, I got close to his manager at one time. It's now in Southfield, Michigan, Ellis Liddell, E L E well, you know, 
is somewhat responsible for Dr. Akbar's career. And me and Ellis got close. You know, so it's been a life journey of, of meeting like minds that would, you know, assist me on my path and journey. And now things are beginning to move for me. And, you know, I have to stay accountable, ethical, with honor, integrity, and responsibility. That's that's the move now. Mm. And I think even that, that last part of what you said is so important because that's, that's something that's lacking right now across the board, honor, integrity, just even having that somewhere in the back of the mind where I feel like that was, uh, I don't know, I feel like that was more of a thing years ago, you know, probably even before I was born. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think people, I think especially as a people, we need to go back to that. Okay, I always use this example, right? And stop me at any point if I'm incorrect, sir. Um, you look at the way our ancestors would conduct business. I always use the example when they came in contact with the Europeans for the first time. And the Europeans used trickery and lies and mm-hmm. our people weren't necessarily used to something like that. Right. If you said it's red, hey guys, it's red. They said it's red, it's red. You know? Right. You didn't right. have to debate about it. there was no debate. There was no questioning if somebody was trying to mislead you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. then we had to learn that, oh wait, no, these people know their word isn't their bond. No, they no. Oh, they'll say anything. Oh, okay. You know, and then at a certain point, I feel like, and it took a long time, but more and more, I feel like our people have adopted those ways. Most definitely. And now we're in a place where we don't have to operate like that, but so many of our people do operate like that and have adopted those ways and are quite comfortable moving that way. And for me, that's a problem. Because Big problem. I see, you know, like I said, <clears throat> I'm 39 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And I see people who are my age who operate like that. And I'm looking at them like, you're supposed to know better. Brother, right. Sister, like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? <laughs> I can't, like, like, for the life of me, I can't wrap my mind around it. And I'm, I'm not perfect by any means. But right. there's a certain, you know, a certain code of conduct that I was raised under, you know, especially when it comes to friends, family. I mean, even people that I don't know, you treat people a certain way and you don't deal with people who don't use that same kind of moral compass. Right. Because they, they that that's when you run into situations. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter who they are, you know, and it's not, it's, and to me, it's not, it's not a, a wealth or a money thing. It's, you know, I don't know. It's people, people either have that moral compass or they don't. And yeah, either you're effective or ineffective. Right, right. And we need to get back to that because like there's so much distrust among our people right now, amongst our people right now. Mm-hmm. Like, how are we, like, as we're working on ourselves as individuals, how are we going to move forward even a step if we can't trust each other? 
Well, I um, am beginning to solicit elders and establish an elders council Um, in order to have trust you have to gain the trust of the people through working together Mm. see if you don't work together then you not have unity and if you don't have what your culture had, and I'm glad you brought up about the the deceit that was used to infiltrate our ancestors. It took three plus attempts to pull them off the continent. This wasn't a one-time deal. And it took every ethnicity that is here in America to conquer our ancestors. Mm-hmm. Now, that says a lot about the strength that was there. And now we're such a broken people. Well, in order to have trust, like I said, you must work together. Working together builds relationships with each other in the collective body. I was telling some fellows, I said, you know, we can take and begin with $100 and circulate it within the four of us and start our own economy. Mm. And they didn't get it. You know, they'll get it because they agreed to do it. But that's the building component that we lack. We're so used to fast foods and having everything on impulse, the drop of a dime. We don't have the capacity within ourselves activated. The ability is there, but it's lying dormant on building. And it's least expensive when you build it yourself. Mm. And that's what we have to do. See, we're so used to seeing uh, a plaza, a Burger King, a Wendy's going up in 45 days. Mm. So that we don't know how to build. And if you want to learn how to build, it's simply a study of the ant. If you study the ant, you will learn how to build. Mm. And, you know, I've been told, particularly by the woman elders, to take everybody in baby steps. Mm. Well, that's difficult because the baby step of an ant is a lot smaller than the baby step of an elephant. Mm. And I'm learning, and I have a very good teacher now, my grandson. (laughs) I'm beginning to take notes to leave him in my will what he has taught me. And it's just, 
it's amazing how the universe will set people in your path at the right time. And this, this young man has been amazing. The love I have for him will only grow because now I see in him what the adults won't do. Hmm. See, he'll tell his granddaddy, granddaddy, I'm not ready for that. And then two weeks later, I'll shift on him and get him ready. And he don't even know it. He's ready now. Hmm. You know, he'll tell me, I don't know. Nobody taught me that. Adults won't say that. They'll just change the subject and try to move on. So it's, it's helping me with the language to be very basic in instruction and hopefully reaching more people because we got a lot of children in grown bodies. And, and that's not a mm-hmm. slap in the face to anyone. Mm-hmm. This was done intentionally by the public school system. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're talking to your people right now. That that's something that we especially my co host, he's not here this evening, my brother John, constantly talking about that. Like you said, you have we have a lot of children in grown bodies. We have people with their own children, children with their own children and responsibilities and the keys to, you know, <laughs> real estate and vehicles and offices, but who are literally children on the inside. Right. And it's, you know, if they haven't decided to educate themselves, because, you know, the formal education in the U.S. will only bring you so far, especially if you're melanated. Right. And it it does, you know. I, I think about like, I, yeah, I went to college, but that doesn't that doesn't mean anything if you don't take your thinking and your education to the next level and uh-huh. you educate yourself on yourself. You know, there's people who I went to school with who who at least back then had no idea about themselves. I'm telling you, when I went down there, I was like, great, I'm going to be at this black university. It's revolution all day. No, people weren't interested in any of that. People didn't want to hear about, you know, history. They they did nothing. History wasn't even um, required there. You might take one African-American history course there if you're not Mm -hmm. a history major. But besides that, no. You know, we didn't learn much about our history. We didn't, it, it, more than anything, they were shaping and molding people to become little Europeans. There you go. You know, that, yeah. that's, that, and that school historically, Hampton, I don't, I'm not knocking Hampton because it's a great school, but historically, that was one of the schools where you kill the Indian, save the child. That was one right. of those places. Right. So to think that it, it strayed that far from its origin. It to me, it really did it because you kill the African, save the child. Same right, type of right, thing. Right. We don't want you. You know, they didn't. They just allowed 
dreadlocks in their business program in the last, what, five, seven years, something like that. Listen, I had locks when I was at this school. I wasn't in the business program. And one thing, I constantly had people coming up to me telling me, you know, you're going to have to cut your dreads. You know, you're going to have to cut your dreads. People are always telling me this. And you know what? I, I didn't cut my locks. So I, I had them for 13 years. So, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. But, but they tried to drive that in and people like coming, you know, like minding my business, telling me what I'm going to have to do in order to get a job after mm-hmm. I graduate from there. And so, yeah. you know, yeah, we have a lot of people, those, those institutions, they're only going to educate people so far and rightfully so, because why would you want to educate your enemy on how to conquer you? There you go. <laughs> you know why, why would your oppressor tell you the truth? Right. Because but we're almost that. there. Mm-hmm. We're almost there. I I can actually see uh people of color, uh the African diaspora, uh around the country opening up businesses, starting organizations that can be institutions. We just need to support them. You know, we need to understand that support and participation. See, some of us think, oh, well, I gave $100, so, you know, that's it. No, you might give the $100, but you have to put in some work. Participate. Mm -hmm. Because support and participation equals prosperity. Mm. That's something that just came to me out of the universe, you know, and I just took it and ran ran with it. You know, you have to begin to do more. We're behind. We can't just do one thing and expect to catch up. But we can have a series of events in a process. And in nine years or so, we'll do well. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen it. I, I see, you know, the years on a calendar and what needs to happen. And it's just working together. You see a brother or a sister that's doing something that's effective that it, it, it looks good and honorable, well, check it out. And if you see that it is, get in and support them and participate. Bring a few dollars. Bring some other ideas to the table. Get to know the person because now you're working towards unity. It's good to say we need to unify, but how? What does that look like? To a demoralized, disenfranchised people whose neighborhoods in some instances in inner cities are the three D's, death, decay, and degradation. That has to be corrected. And it can be done. It's going to take more work than money. Wow. And we're captivated by our oppressors with misinformation. We're announcing a 
$57 million project. Well, you know, yeah, they would say that, but they're not going to really tell you how much the project costs because mm-hmm. they want you to keep thinking you can't do it. Right. Right. It, it's a whole illusion. The, let me tell you, because this, this, when you were talking about the ants and working together, <clears throat> there's this video, you may have seen it. It's a brother in Detroit. And in Detroit, you know, they're going through their... The, the depression over there or, or the the economy crashed basically, right? So you uh-huh. have these houses on the market for a couple dollars, literally a couple dollars. Uh-huh. They're abandoned, with $20, $8, you know what I mean? Right, right. Now this brother said he went, he was on his way to work, I think working the night shift, something along those lines. A whole bunch of Mexicans had just moved in next door. He said, hey, what's going on over there? He said, oh, yeah, just, you know, a couple, you know, a couple of my friends going to drink some beers and we're going to, you know, uh, work on this house. Brother thought nothing of it. Okay. Goes off to work, comes back from work, does a video when he comes back from work, and he's damn near crying, talking about how these Mexicans got together with a couple of their homeboys Maybe a couple. One's a carpenter, one's a plumber, one's an electrician. Mm-hmm. And he said they rebuilt the house. He said there's a brand new house next door. <laughs> <laughs> a brand That's new right. house. Yeah. They done gutted it. You said they're probably listening to music, drinking cervezas, having a good old time with their friends and their family. Yep. And they gutted this house, and it's a brand new house. New appliances, right. all that stuff, and, and you know, when when I was in Virginia, I worked for a landscaping company. You know, in between school, like summertime, and I remember I was working with these Mexicans. They were some cool cats. They were cool, mm-hmm. and one day, you know, they said, "Oh yeah, come by, come over after work." So I came over. My friend and I, we went over there. And they were living in a trailer. It's like, now we worked, I worked with three or four of them. But when I got to the trailer, it was in a trailer park. There was probably 11 of them living in that trailer. And he said, yeah, yeah, no lie. And he said, oh, you want a beer? I said, oh, no, man, I'm cool. No, you don't don't have to get me a beer. He said, no, I'll get you a beer. He pulled out. When I tell you this, why cash that he pulled out? Uh-huh. <laughs> big brother. Just why the cash that this man pulled out of his pocket? Yeah. And they were all rolling like that. Yep. They were all rolling like that. This was 20 years ago. I can only imagine yep. where those men are right now. That mm-hmm. As much as we talk about group economics, could we get 11 of our people to live in trailer home for any given a time working toward they probably all have houses and landscaping companies or maybe you know what i'm saying like they at least one company came out of that whether it's a contractor or landscaping company something came out of that that's the training that they received (laughs) from the elders (laughs) and and it's difficult for us because we're so individualized. I don't want you to, I don't want to stay with you because I don't want you to know my business. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want you to know my vices. Mm. Well, it's not about that. It's just about working together. Mm. That's what got that house done next door. Right. Working together, being a team. Teamwork makes the dream work. See, we're good right. at slogans. Love we can slogans. say them. <laughs> great at the slogans. <laughs> but it's just the next step of putting the work in. Mm. And that's the work that needs to be accomplished. Yes. You could imagine uh, a site that it was an old school, but it's leveled off now. And they have these companies that will manufacture a building and come and drop it mm-hmm. and making that a tech center now. You can get wow. computers donated. You can get Home Depot to come out and help you. Habit War, what was that Jimmy Carter worked with? Oh, ha- Habitat for Humanity. Habitat for Humanity. These places have email addresses. They have phone numbers. Mm. You can reach out to them. Mm. We have the same thing. I was told growing up, just follow the Jews. The Jews were our example. Okay, so now, moving from Holland Park, going to upstate New York, Jews still the example. Coming down to Birmingham, from the 80s to the 90s, reaching Birmingham to get our family property together. Now, we have, shortly after that, the Hispanics come in and do the same thing the Jews did. The Arabs come into our communities, and they're our example. The Chaldeans, Yemen, everybody has come and been our example to what we should do. Yes. But words of the creator shall manifest because, you know, scripturally, I'll just say it, it says that the first, and we were the first, our ancestors Mm -hmm. were the first, shall be last. Mm. And the last shall be first. Mm. So we got to pull ourselves out of last place (laughs) and take the principles of the universe, the laws and principles of the universe that don't fail and utilize them and climb up the ladder here on this indigenous land. Right. Right. I mean, even now you look at the, like you said, with the Arabs, if you look at the, the corner stores in New York City, right? Now mm-hmm. you're seeing the younger generation. They're not like their parents. I always talk about it. You see the young guys out there flossing with their BMWs, playing rap music, a whole group uh-huh. of them. But meanwhile, the store is turning over. I'm telling you, they must be making, in the 24-hour period, they're probably pulling in at least 20, 20-plus 20 thousand dollars. Easy. Easy. All day. You know, you, you look at. <laughs> go ahead, brother. Go, please. You know, I, I, I know some of the big bosses mm. in New York and, and uh, 
around the country because they moved their people around. Mm. This is a controlled plan. Yes. And I can tell you, you're right about the number because it's a million dollar a month business. A million dollar a month. Black people, whoever's listening to this <laughs> needs to hear what <laughs> a million dollar a month is. A but see, month. I, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you some of the problems. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I just have to be who I am. Please. And I'll take, you know, whatever for it, because I'm on my path and journey. Some of our problem is we want a title. Mm. Our some of our parents want to brag. Uh, well, my son is a uh, director of development at Nike. <laughs> you know, we've assimilated into a culture where we got to go at the dinner party and sound good. Right. But he's only making a hundred G. Right. He's making six figures. The convenience store is grossing a million dollars a month. I'd rather have my daughter owner of that. Right. Right. And being a part of the urban chamber of commerce in that position. And that's what I told my children. Titles don't impress me. Get the money. Yeah. That's because that's what we need right now. I mean, you said a million dollars a month. I'm telling you, I'll be thinking about that as I doze off to sleep tonight. That's that's insane. You said a million dollars. And, a and, month. And, but check check this out. Now this is this has been my life. I know what I'm talking about. Right. I have to tell brothers all the time, I've been doing this longer than you've been on the planet. Mm-hmm. So you can argue with me all you want. You're only going to be in the same situation you're in. I gave you an instruction. You should follow it. I don't mind that you don't like being told what to do, but <laughs> somebody tell you what to do because you're in the workforce. You just right. don't want somebody that looks like you to tell you what to do. Right. And no, you're not going to see decadence in my life. You're not going to see that because that's not what I did with the funds. Mm. We're not the same. I have people tell me, oh, you've been doing this so long. You should have this. Mm. What did you hear me say I want? Did I want that? We're quick Mm. to tell people what we think they should have. Right. What's the what's the measure of success that we would like them to have? Yeah. While not knowing what I have. How about that? Mm. I've always been a man of moderate means. I was a showboat back home. I grew out of that. Mm. I learned that my business is not show business. <laughs> Go look at how many people got their homes broken into being on MTV Cribs. Right. <laughs> That's nobody's business. It said that a, a home is a man's castle. Another cliche, but this one makes a little more sense. Right. Your home is not for cameras to be parading in and out of it 
and people seeing the neighborhood that you live in and you got eight cars in your driveway. That's not the purpose of life. Seeing all your good artwork and your jewelry. <laughs> yeah. It, it says that in abundance, do good. You have that abundance to help others, to assist others. Don't give it all away. That's not what it's saying. Mm. But how many cars can you drive at, at one once? Time, just yeah. one. <laughs> my my first wife, I counted her shoes in the closet. This was my first mm-hmm. <laughs> problem that I had, had in a relationship. <laughs> I said, you know, I'm not gonna call her name. I said, well, Baby, you got 26 pairs of shoes. I'm not counting gym shoes and house shoes. <laughs> and you know what I got back. Well, you know, we got to have one for each outfit. You know, we got to be right. color coordinated. Right, right. I'm like, you know, I understand what you're saying, but don't you think that's a bit much? But now we're prevalent, and the prices have gone up. But mm-hmm. the resale value, <laughs> how about that? <laughs> you know, so we have to make better decisions about where we put finances. Mm. Property, you know, I think before I mentioned the, the, the pillars of capitalism, banking, insurance, and real estate in alphabetical order. And it creates a word called verb. Mm-hmm. And if you look up the definition, it means something in capitalism. Hmm. Banking, insurance, and real estate. And these are three areas that have calculations to them. They have formulas. Insurance operates off of a formula, a equation. They know how much they need to sell in order to pay claims. It's calculated. Hmm. Real estate is the most prominent. Banking is just the um, semiconductor of both. They hold the money and dole it out and finance. But it's the pillars of capitalism. That's why they didn't let it fall. Mm. If, if, if one of those falls, they all fall. Wow. So you have to understand the system that you're in, how it functions, how it operates, how it is managed. And areas where we are in mass that are controlled by our elected officials, most of them don't have the teaching and training to operate a municipality. Not all, but I've traveled the whole country 
And I've looked at inner cities. I did it in 2011, 12, when I retired. And it's horrible. But it's because we do not understand state, county, and municipal business. These mm. cities are businesses. Right. Our city mm. councils, which replace the elders' council, mm. are legislative bodies. You can't be an individual elected to city council and you're there pushing your program. You're not doing the citizens okay. justice. You're there as a duly elected official who has the judiciary responsibility of looking out for the citizens to make sure that that city has enough income to provide the citizens the services that they need. Hmm. It's a business. And if you don't have any business experience, you got to get some. I'm not going to say you shouldn't be there because that might be your path and journey. Right. But you have to understand proper business so that you can be an asset to that community. You're not there to what's in it for me. Because right. the proper answer for that is, as you do what I just said, be the fiduciary responsibility to take that responsibility and make sure that the citizens have what they need in services and that the young people have a stair step to success. That's what's in it for you. And that hasn't been the passing journey. Mm -hmm. Got to do better. Right. Right. This is wow. I'm just because I'm, I'm over here taking notes, sir. <laughs> I'm taking lots of notes right now. And anyone who's listening, I hope you're taking notes. I didn't say it this show, but you should already know. Make sure you have out your pens, papers, notebooks, text, edit, that little scraps of paper, the back of receipts. If you do anything that you can to take notes as you're listening to this broadcast right now, because these are jewels that this elder is dropping on us right now. And and I kind of wanted to go back to because, you know, even going back to <clears throat> the um, the corner store example that we were given, and the amount of money, as you said, a million dollar a month business. I just wanted to just say that again because I think it should be said. As much money as we spend, and I say it all the time, how many Arab children, Chinese children, have we put through college, literally? Yeah. Over yeah. decades, <laughs> you know, bought them, bought them homes and BMWs. Mm -hmm, exactly, those BMWs that they're sitting in front of the store, bumping some DMX or bumping, you know, whatever they're listening to. Yeah, they can thank the community for for buying those. And yeah. um, so again, you were talking about, you know, 
this uh we love the titles we love you know oh, this one's an exec or whatever position at at nike right and mm-hmm. they're they're probably on salary but salary yeah. one one thing that i've been, i've read that's really been hitting me in this last um this last year or so because i'm a massage therapist okay and a lot of the clients that i work on they work in finance they work in this and that and one, I mean, their bodies are jacked up. Like these people are under extreme amounts of stress. Stress, yeah. And, and, and you're seeing younger and younger people. I have twenty, you know, twenty-four year olds coming in with backs like fifty-year-olds. Like it's it's mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, I'm asking them, oh yeah, how many hours do you work a day? They may work from eight to seven thirty, eight to ten o'clock. Like they're pulling, you know. 12 plus hour days, 14 hour days. So oh, you're on salary, right? Yep. And yeah, they make more money. But at the same time, they, they, they can be called at any time of the night, practically. If they need to work until the wee hours of the night and then start again early in the morning, that's what they have to do. If they were being paid, you know, uh, hourly wages, I bet you those their bosses would no, no, you're done for the evening. <laughs> you're good. Yeah, yeah. That, that's another trap. It's a trap. It is another. I dare I say it, it is a form of slavery. It's voluntary. Call it indentured servitude because it's more voluntary. But they come in there, right? They're on yeah. some kind of contract, and yep. they basically get worked. Work to the ground. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And, my, and that's my what dad, want. Well, that's what they ended up with. Not thinking before they have thoughts. Mm-hmm. Not staying close to nature with that pencil and paper and writing down what is 40 hours a week at different levels mm. and learning how to do the financials of a business plan and backing down the numbers and see is it better to take income withdrawals after you get to a certain level in life and just pay for what you need versus having a income hmm these are things that we haven't been exposed to. Yeah. And sometimes it's better. You know, there's several ways to do business. And it's not always money. I tell people all the time, they look at me uh, like I'm crazy. I say, why are you going into business? Oh, man, you know, to make money. I said, wrong reason. Go into business to provide the service. Give first-class, courteous customer service, and the money will come. Mm. And that's an argument. Well, man, what do you mean? Don't go into business to make money. Why are you going to business? I just explained it to you. Everybody, one thing my mentor taught me, and I'm, I'm running into it now almost weekly. Nobody wakes up and says they're going to be wrong today. Okay? 
<laughs> so that's the number one error because we're all going to be wrong about something. <laughs> but you're not going to wake up and say, you know, I'm going to be wrong today. Right. So everybody thinks their perspective is correct. The problem becomes compounded because nobody wants to be told what to do while you're being told what to do every day, particularly from a black man, particularly who is old. <laughs> Add being covert to that and keep people out of your business. I've had brothers, man, how much money you make? And I just looked at him and said, you know, I was taught that you don't ask a man that. Right. <laughs> and, and it's really none of your business. So automatically they think I'm hiding something. Mm. I'm not hiding anything. I'm just telling you to mind your business. Right. How much do you make? Right. You know, so we have some compounded situations in our personalities that prevent us from growing. That has to be correct. I wouldn't be where I am, wherever that is, okay, if I hadn't listened to my elders who had the experience. You know, but, you know, our capturers and the oppressors have done a good job in separating the old from the young. Right. So that it wouldn't be uh, passed on, you know, uh, that that chain of knowledge would not be passed down. You know, and then new knowledge would not be passed up. I tell my mm. grandson all the time, when I came through school, we was on typewriters. <laughs> and if I brought you a typewriter right now, you wouldn't know what to do with it. Right. <laughs> you wouldn't know how to change the ribbon. You wouldn't know how to put the paper in. Everybody can learn. But I, if I just sat you down now in front of a rotary phone, would you know what to do? Right. You know, so it works both ways. You know, and we yeah. just have to get it together. And it's coming. Everybody's not going to make it. Mm. Nothing's 100%. The only thing that's 100% is nobody stays here. Right. It's the one thing, right? The one guarantee we all have. Yeah. You don't even have to stay black anymore. You can bleach yourself. Right. <laughs> but you leaving. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. You know, until it gets to that point, because I've read some material that said, oh, shall not see death. Mm -hmm. So right. there's a possibility at some point, you know, it it's a shift on this planet. Right. You know, because a lot of people don't understand they're on Earth. And more don't understand they're in America. Mm. Well, man, you know, you just, you throw them one-liners out there. 
you got to explain yourself. No, you need to engage me. Right. <laughs> right. And brothers have a have a big problem. And he think he know everything. Well, I know all I need to know. If you <laughs> could equal that, we'd be fine. <laughs> Get some things done. <laughs> hey, he's, he's so arrogant. I hear things, you know, it don't bother me. It's just making my skin tougher because I know what I'm going to be facing in the future. Right. And I tell, I tell people, I told some people this week, I say, you might have to make a run for the hills. Mm. Man, I'm not going nowhere. Oh, well, when that time comes, we'll see. Right, right, right. Because <laughs> if we don't get the work done, we're going to have to do something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know too many of us that own ships and planes that a lot of people can get on. Right. And people, I know people don't want to have those type of conversations, too. And that's to me, that's foresight. You're seeing what's happening in the immediate area, what's happening in the world, in the country. You say, oh, no, maybe I need to plan for this and that because, you know, I see where things are headed. You know, when, when COVID came, I got probably about 15 calls from former staff. And they were like, Mr. Olson, you told me when I worked for you in New York that there was going to come a day that we'd be inside and we need to have enough water, non-perishables, you know, canned goods, which cans aren't really good, but it's better than nothing. You can always put some turmeric in it, you know. How did you know? I said foresight. I listened to the elders. Mm-hmm. Well, I told my husband because he used to get on me about spending so much at the grocery store, and I told him, Mr. Osi told me this back in the 80s, mm. back in the 90s. You know, recently, you know, Brother Joe, he was one of the ones that called me. He said, Osi, man, you've been telling us for like three years to get <laughs> stuff. You know, he remembered. Everybody else didn't. Mm. And I'm saying it again for the variant. Get water. Mm-hmm. Any water is better than none. Right. If you can't get the best, it's better to have some than none. You can always iodize it. You can alkaline water yourself. Learn the process. Right. right. But buy water. Have enough on hand because if they cut the water off you know if, if you watch the old movies when they want to get the person out the building he's holding hostage or she's holding hostages mm-hmm. what do they do cut the utilities cut the utilities <laughs> it's hard without them utilities up in the building right. sweating right People now your out. mind starts to wonder and you don't you're not as secure in your thought process. Mm-hmm. And then one night they hit the door. Yep. Bam! There goes the stun grenade or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. And they come in and you dazed. You know. Yep. 
So all these things, you have to make sense out of them yourself. Right. Right. But the jewels have been dropped. You know, people they hear it. Now they have to process it. I yeah. mean, like you said, when COVID hit, I can't tell you how many people, whether I ran into, I ran into quite a few people, ran into them, got calls. Hey, brother, this is the stuff that you were talking about for however many years. You were telling me mm-hmm. this, and I said, yeah, that's right. Now we're in it. But <laughs> this is it. This is the time that I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? And then you, then you have people, man, oh, you shouldn't be telling them anything. You can make money off that. Well, see, when you're enlightened, you have a role to play in society. Mm. So it's my duty to share out of my love and concern of my people. And I'll die of natural causes. Mm. I'll transcend, I should say. Mm -hmm. I'll transition. My energy will take another space and form and continue on. So, you know, if somebody... Uh, enlightened tells you something, you know, jot it down. Take heed. Right. Right. You know, so, you know, people, you you can go to www.ksyet.org and uh, look the program over and, you know, we can license it to you and we can train you on how to do it. And the fees are nominal. Everybody's carrying it around in their pocket. It's not this astronomical amount of money that some are charging because we need to do this. And and maybe next time we get together, Brother Cam, I'll have uh, Reset America all laid out. Mm. We're, we're working on that now and I'm taking the program back home and, you know, I'm not poor mouthing coming back, you know, just need to cooperate and learn and uh, start revitalizing the city. And then I'll be talking more about that, you know, after I set foot in October and uh, get things going. We got the radio station there, WKRN Highland Park. And the first we start beefing that up, we're going to find a property uh, or unite with our platform out here in Vegas. So we'll have an address. We got phone numbers. And, uh, you know, we haven't met our guidelines, our plan for the global station. And uh, I'm beseeching the universe on that. So... But we, uh, we're moving. We're moving. We have something to offer that's in plan form that will be helpful, that will, you know, get us on the right track and uh, get the party started. Okay, can you give us that website one more time? www.com. K-S-Y-E-T dot org. 
and that stands for Kid Shop Yet Organization. That's the parent company. And we're going to get the instructional services site going. Had a few misunderstandings on how we wanted it to turn out. That'll be our other site. And then we have uh, www.urbanstarradio.com. And, you know, Cindy and I work together. We're cooperating. And I'm looking to uh, be the first station to put another station's commercial on my station. Mm. (laughs) We're not just talking. You know how, what was it we used to say? Uh, Don't talk about it, be about it. Right. And people, oh, man, you're crazy, man. You don't do that. Well, what's wrong with cooperating? Right. Where, where did we lose that? Hmm. You know, the universe has, has given me these things, you know, freely you're given. Uh, freely you receive, freely you give. Not to say that you don't charge for something. Right. Everybody's got to make a living. We got a game show. How smart are you? Hmm. And we've been, uh, you know, I like to test the water, you know, so I might take a year and test the water with something, see how people respond to it, see how they don't respond and why they don't respond. Hmm. And then put all that information together and the next year, go with it or shelve it. You know, so you might have how smart are you the game on, on the wake up radio. Because we got sponsors. We got giveaways. Mm. You know, but it's all about developing self. And a good book is Dr. Naeem Naeem Akbar, The Community of Self. Because as individuals, we do have a community within us. And it's good to understand how that community operates so that we can manage it, and that makes it self-discipline. There are many selves if you look through the English language. Hmm. But the best is to learn how to self-actualize. That means you know how to do it. You can get it done. Wow. I, I was in a meeting once. You know, just to say this, I don't know how much time we have left, but I was in a meeting yet with a white company, you know. They had heard about me, so they wanted to uh, me to bring my team. So I walked in by myself. You know, where's your team at? I said, my skill set is so good, I am the team. I know how to initiate. I know how to operate. I know how to manage. I know how to advertise, market, and promote. What do you need? And did business with them for a little while. Hmm. Hmm. They wanted to see if I was lying or telling the truth. They found out. Right. (laughs) You know, so we're here to assist. Um. Right now in Vegas, we have about 13 people 
I say I need 20 people in a neighborhood or a city, and in a year we can work wonders. 20 committed and dedicated people that want to learn how it's done, and you'd be surprised what you can accomplish in a year working together with very little money. Wow. I like the sound of that. <clears throat> um, you look at what look at what Cindy has done. Right. This this is gonna be a power station in the months to come and the years to come. Right. And I wanna I wanna thank her for allowing me to come on and uh kind of share a little bit of about what I know. And what I've done. This, this program is not new. This program was accomplished in the nineties. Just the just the middle school program and partially the high school program. But in 2015, I added the other uh, age and grade specific components to it, up to seniors. I'm going to push the senior program. It's a lot of seniors, just late bloomers. Mm-hmm. You know, you get out of that job and you get bored. You know, just go back in your life and think about that business that you didn't open. Right. And seniors have a lot to offer to youth and young adults. And, you know, this age program that we have is a solution for what they put on us in slavery to keep the old and the young separate need to work together because both have something to offer each other. Right. Right. And this is the time, this is the time for, for people to, especially for the youth to embrace the elders. Yeah. You got experience. And, and one thing I learned about experience is you can't teach experience. Experience can teach. But you can't teach experience. Right. It helps to have it, but it's hard to teach to somebody else because they may have a different skill set. They may have a different path and journey. You know, so I always tell people, this is how I learned how to do it in the industry. This is not Osi's way. Mm. This is how they've done it in the industry. Now, if you want to change the industry, that means that you have to open up something within that industry and make the changes in your policies. That is revolutionary. Mm. And it calls for a lot of your attention and uh, training and you know, get, getting out and doing it. It's not easy work. Hmm. You know, people say, man, suppose I might steal what you say. I love it. It's less for me to do. Steal <laughs> it. <laughs> I've done things and didn't copyright it because I wanted other people to do it. Right. It's a lot of work. That would be assistance to me. 
if, if somebody would take my program, I mean, it's copyrighted, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> if somebody wants to do it and do it right, that's less work for us. Right. That goes back to the intention, right? Yeah. If you're saying, like, what's your intention for doing it? You want to see a That's certain right. level of transformation occur, a certain level of education and change. Right. And that's all revolution is. Change. Effective change. Mm. And it's very easily done. It's not, you know, I mean, people, people that know me know this is easy for me. The hard part is transferring it to somebody else who has zero years of experience. Mm. That's the struggle. Because you get into those, you know, personalities. And uh, I know I'm, I'm a good dude. I know how to be cordial, you know, with people. I can't think of what the word they used last week. Um, not combative. Um, I'll think of it. And uh, I said, well, yeah, after you tell me that uh, I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, after you beat me up, uh, yeah, I'll become another person. Mm. <laughs> because this is very basic, you know. It's a very basic beginner's manual. I'm putting together the advanced now where we talk about vertical integration. You know, when I ask people, uh, it's been in business for years, what is an entrepreneur's uh, best female friend's name in business? They can't answer it. And I'm not going to give the answer. That's something, you know, I'll say that. But it teaches you five components of business. <laughs> and every business has that. And a lot of us don't know it. So we're, we're, we're in business, but we're not doing business. Too many of our businesses are making probably, in some cases, half of what they could. Hmm. Because principles don't fail. They work for whoever uses them. So a lot of our ancestors' information is being used by other ethnic groups against us. Hmm. And wow. it'll change over a period of time. You know, I know that we're pioneering. And Pioneers have to have tough skin. You get beat up a lot. Because people look at tradition and people want to hold on to the old ways. And then we have the gatekeepers out there. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's tough work. But somebody got to do it. Right. Right. Well, um, Big Brother OC, we're coming up on the end of this program tonight. 
I want to thank you so much for coming through again and just dropping this knowledge, this wisdom on us, putting it on record, on On the Wake Up. Because, you know, this is going to, this is going to reverberate. And hopefully with those who are listening, you know, they check out the website and, and they listen to what you're talking about. And, you know, these, all the words that you said, like, this is stuff that people can go back over, take notes on, and then turn those words into action, internalize it and turn it into action. Because that's what it's all about, right? So that's right. Taking the action and it can be small actions. Like you said, participation. I mean, we always hear participation is a must. Yes. Sending money is good, but we are like the ants as a people. And we need to put in that work somewhere, you know, and I know so many of us have been jaded by this or that movement. Like, okay, but there are ways that you can participate. Even if it's going to an event, you know, uh, to support somebody's business, uh, yep. a, a, a black business, you know, the, the bodies matter there. Your money's great. Online purchases might be good, but maybe they need to have bodies there. Maybe there's right. someone there, there with whom you need to network. That's right. Yep. You know, I, I just want to say this right quick. Yes, sir. If you want to see, a marvel, a miracle. And I don't know how many they're building now because they have a level of knowledge and they understand what's coming to a point. The Jehovah Witnesses, they build kingdom halls. Mm-hmm. Do you know it takes them seven days to build a kingdom hall? What? They put kingdom, I've watched them. And they have a formula and a process that they use. And if they're still building one and you see one being built, just pull up and sit and watch them. They'll start on a Monday or late, a, late Sunday. They have service the next Sunday. Wow. Hmm. So hmm. we still got time. Time's not on our side because we're so right. far behind, but we still have time. But we still have it. That's right. That's right. And I think as long as we can have conversations like this on the airwaves, you know, as long as we have the, the, the luxuries of life, the internet, the social media, you know, we can go to the, to restaurants and whatever people are doing, whatever people like to do to have fun or whatever. As long as we have that, we have time. But we are also on borrowed time. So right. We have to make the best use of that time. That's right. Yep. That's right. Again, uh, Big Brother OC, Elder OC. Burton the second, thank you so much for coming back on. We would love to do a part three with you. Um, we, we might have that in a couple of months. Okay. okay. I'll be talking to you and I want to thank Cindy Ashby Productions for having me. 
And you guys are doing a wonderful work going on the Wake Up Radio. Keep it up. Keep it coming. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I want to give a shout out to Brother Joel, Blue Brother Joel Side G as well. That's a good brother right there. Yes, sir. That's my business partner. <laughs> yes, sir. Right he just had a son. Congratulations to Joel. Yeah. Congratulations. That's a powerful brother right there. I had to All right, bro. Because you had mentioned him earlier. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much for coming through. And, you know, I, I look forward to speaking to you. You know, I will be in contact for sure. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, we need to talk about what we yeah. talked about earlier because I got a, a location maybe. Okay. Okay, Brother Cam. All right, sir. Keep on keeping on. Absolutely. And, and remember, if you don't decide your future, someone else will. Hmm. Ah, oh, Shay. Oh, I'm writing that quote down, too. I'm writing, taking a lot of notes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. Okay. All right. Speak soon. Speak with you soon. Peace. All right. Peace. Whew, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> that was the elder O.C. Burton, the second. This was a jam-packed two hours. Um, you know, as we always say, <laughs> when the elders speak, you shut the front door and listen. <clears throat> um, I hope you all go back and listen to this and, and listen to the first one too because um um brother OC was dropping jewels in that one as well. Anything he touches <laughs> anything brother touches goes platinum. <laughs> okay. That's how that's how you gotta look at it. Everything Everything he comes on, he's dropping jewels. There's so much content, like, because th there are so many different layers to his message. You know, it, you got to look. Uh, he drops things. Sometimes you're going to have to do some homework on it. I have plenty of notes. I will be going over these notes, applying them to my life. Remember, we are in an individual struggle working towards a collective end. That's how we have to look at it. Work on yourself individually. We, we talk about this, you know, so that each cell in the body is strong enough to keep this body alive. If one cell or too many cells are sick, then the body is compromised, okay? And things are going to happen to that body in order to bring it back into order. Those are the lymphatic cells in the immune system of the body. Maybe some of us are the immune system. 
But maybe that's another conversation for another night. Play your part. Work on yourself. Make sure you meditate, manifest, align yourself with the future that you want to see. And be present as you do it. Be present as you do it. I want to thank Super Producer Cindy Ashby for putting this all together. And I know we say that at the end of every program. But just like Brother O.C. said, you know, Sister puts in a lot of work, time, and energy to bring you this dynamite content, these dynamite hosts. We don't get paid for this. We barely get donations. Donations will be great. It's On The Wake Up Radio at PayPal. On The Wake Up Radio at Cash App. If you want to send some donations, if you feel it in your heart. But when we say that everything we do is a labor of love, this is literally a labor of love. We're putting energy into you, the listener. Pouring our hearts out to you, the listener. Not because we want to make money, because we want to be millionaires off this. It's because we see the direction that the world is headed, that the earth is headed. And we have a unique perspective on what's going on that needs to be shared. This is part of our job. This is part of our role. This is part of our responsibility to you, the listener, to our On The Wake Up Army. You're part of our family. We want to see you take this information to the next level. You get bits and pieces on here, enough for you to do your research. What did the elder say? He said, make sure you have non-perishable food. Right? Sound familiar? Make sure you have plenty of water, just in case. Sound familiar? When you hear the message from different places, you would hope that you would pay attention and do what you need to do to make sure you and your family are safe. We see this storm moving into New Orleans again. At this point, I don't know the conditions. I don't know what's going on in New Orleans right now. We may even have some people tuning in from Louisiana right now. I want y'all to be safe out there. You know, don't be guided by fear. We already know that what they have in store for the coastlines. They want to completely batter the coastlines. They want to displace people. They want to have climate refugees. 
They want to have climate lockdowns. They want people to be uh, subject to these climate action plans and sustainability goals, which are really United Nations Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 goals. So knowing these things, you have to move accordingly and prepare yourself and your family for what you know is coming. If you know about it, don't act like you don't, okay? Because that's not what time it is. I guess we'll see what, you know, what happens in Louisiana. All we can do is send you light, prayers, love. You know, we saw the people backed up on the highway trying to flee. See what happens, ladies and gentlemen. Again, thank you, Brother O.C. Burton II, for coming and blessing us with those words, with those jewels. Shout out to my co-host, my brother, John Amesan Farid from the Truth Group Podcast. Big shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing us all together. Tune in again next week for the most dangerous two hours in radio on the wake up.